Welcome to the High Volume Hiring Podcast. I'm Stephen Rothberg, the founder of College Recruiter Job Search Site. At College Recruiter, we believe that every student and recent grad deserves a great career. This podcast features news, tips, case studies, and interviews with the world's leading experts about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to high volume hiring. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest is Elena Agaragamova, host of the Shift Podcast, founder of Bloom Youth, co-founder of Bessern, and head of talent acquisition and development for Horizon Industries. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So other than the 48,372 jobs that you're, uh, <laughs> that I just kind of like listed that you're currently doing, which is okay because, you know, typical day has 60 hours and sleep is for the week. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're up to. Sure. So started my career actually in higher education learning, um, quickly realized that it's, things are moving a little bit too slow for me on the higher education side with no shade on higher education at all. Loved my experience there. And then I kind of decided to go into corporate learning. Um, and really kind of found my passion within adult learners, um, talent and development, talent management, and naturally kind of also a big part of what I do is talent acquisition because I feel like it's all under one umbrella of just the learning and development. So I always say it was a hobby that turned into a career and a business for me. Mm, yeah. So, so you're one of those people who do what you like. Absolutely. I'm one of those annoying people that loves her job. You know, it's not all day, but it is most of my days every day. I'm excited to get up. I'm excited to continue to create different things within the different realms where that I work in. And, uh, and I love it so much that I have a podcast about these things, as you know. So I, I love the passion since the for very first time that you and I connected. That is just something that just it just comes through, and it's and it's so authentic. Some people pretend to have the passion, and and you can smell that BS from a mile away. <laughs> um, you're definitely not one of those. Um, so, question: One of the reasons why so many organizations need to hire so many people is that the retention of those people is so low. I think that shifting resources from recruitment to learning and development should help with retention and therefore reduce recruiting costs, increase productivity. Um, is that something you'd agree with? Yeah. So I think that um, just for context, I think that there's companies that do mass recruitment, the, those that are kind of like hourly uh, opportunities, right? Well, you need to hire for like high volume for, let's say, seasons, right? Amazon does this huge hiring of thousands before prime date, et cetera. But then on the regular kind of corporate side of the world where you're just kind of having your, um, you know, those salaries, jobs, those kind of really cl clear careers, essentially, there, it's a little bit different. And there, I agree. This is where uh, employers really need to focus more on a couple of things. Number one, employer branding. Uh, number two, talent mobility. And number three, that internal learning and development investment in internal existing talent. Hmm. And talent mobility is an area that I think a lot of people in talent acquisition don't see as being part of their wheelhouse, like it's it's owned by HR or it's not owned by anybody. But maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Um, like, what sorts of 
why should organizations care about talent mobility? What kinds of tools and tactics would you recommend for that? Sure. So talent mobility, I think, is kind of really picking up uh, popularity more and more with organizations. And they're trying to find space for it because you're right. It's like, you don't know, like, where is it housed? Like, who is actually taking care of it, right? And sadly, a lot of a lot of companies today have that HR f- function, which is administrative. But a lot of them, especially the small to medium-sized companies, lack the talent development uh, structure, talent development like department. And so here's where talent acquisition and talent development, talent acquisition professionals and talent development need to work together. Because when we're hiring for talent today, we are need to look beyond the experience and skills they have to do the job today and look at the potential and the overall holistic approach of what does that individual um, bring to the table, right? And so one way to do this is to use tech. So many companies right now are... Um, trying a different way of recruitment in terms of they're hiring for potential fit. They're not hiring for any particular job roles, let's say, but they have a, you know, AI and different in, uh, video interviewing and assessments like video assessments in place where an, an individual is identified by various skill sets, not just for a particular role, but more of this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm interested in. This is where I can add value. And then that is being then transitioned to the company and they make a decision based on, hey, this person actually could be really great in these areas. And the importance of doing that is that it opens up opportunities for you for this employee in the future in terms of you're not only hiring for specific skill, you're hiring this person on various other things that they can potentially use in different roles within your company that will help that talent mobility. Um, it's just right now, still, we're very much focused on like having people hit the ground running, but we need to invest more in saying, okay, this person can actually be really great in this role. They might not be 100% qualified, but we can get them up to speed by having a really great onboarding internal training program to make sure that they succeed in this particular area of work. Yeah, it drives me nuts how often I hear about organizations taking six, nine, 12 months to find somebody where if they were a little bit more flexible and said, you know, she's got 80% of what we want. And if we just train her for two weeks, she's going to have 100% of what we want rather than waiting six, nine, 12 months for that elusive ideal candidate, that purple squirrel. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that one way to also um, be proactive about it, this goes back to employer branding, and I feel like it's all connected. So it's not only the company's responsibilities, but it's also the individual responsibility. Right? So on the individual, mm. the, 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 you know, the job seeker, it's important for them to be able to sell themselves in a way that makes sense. So that's where, you know, as an individual, you know, we also have to take responsibility and say, okay, how do I actually pitch myself? What am I looking for, et cetera? But from a company side, what they can do is really have resources and content around their company, around the company culture that will help an individual imagine themselves working there. Instead of having job descriptions, for example, right? Those are valid in particular areas and certain roles require us to hit specific boxes when we're hiring. But a mass majority of jobs today don't necessarily need to go by the check-in of the box. So what companies can do, an example, 
example, UPS does, they have this, you know, a series of day in the life, day in the life, like a two minute video of what life is like at UPS in different positions. And so when you're watching that as a candidate versus reading a job description, you might be able to relate a lot more like, hey, this is, I can do that. I might not know how to, you know, uh, kind of go down the box of items that I need to uh, tick to get the job. But actually what that person is describing, yeah, I can do that because I've done this in previous situations, uh, whether, you know, whether it was at university, whether it was in some internships, or if you're an experienced person, perhaps in previous jobs, it makes it much easier for people to say, hey, that might be actually a great way for me to, you know, a great, uh, great opportunity for me. Um, and I think that probably is a, a good way to not only reduce the time of um, bringing on candidates that might not be the great fit, right? So it will kind of filter out those that A, might not even access this information because they don't want to invest the time, or B, it might just cross out candidates and say, you know, that's not what I'm looking for. So, and it gives them like real life kind of experience of that job. Interesting. So Elena, the work that Bessern does for its clients, is is this the kind of stuff that you're doing with them? Do they, are they coming to you with sort of a, hey, we know we need to get better at learning and development and uh, they start off from square one? Are they mostly clients that already have a learning and development program and they're just looking to get better or formalize it, but sort of like, what's what's the typical conversation? Sure. So I think some of the uh, biggest needs lately that we've had from companies is two different things. One, managers that are now having to manage teams remotely and not being sure how to actually do that because connecting with your team members, having those regular check-ins virtually is a lot more effort versus in person because those happen so naturally when we're in one space versus when we're online and our people are spread out maybe across different time zones. So that's number one. Number two, uh, we work with a lot of kind of techies and analytical teams. So uh, in terms of future pipeline planning, what companies struggle with is actually having those really great technical people, really great analytical people that are becoming future leaders. And they need those soft skills, those people skills, those kind of creativity and ability to connect with others, um, even client management skills, right? To get them to that senior level. So there's that gap between you're great technically, but then to be a people manager or a client facing individual, it's a different ball game. So these are the two, two kind of areas for managers to be kind of just kind of more, more, um, uh, in, you know, inclusive and just better managers with the way that we work today. And also juniors that are techies and analytical that are your future talent. Um, these are the two areas because essentially, if you're not able to address those two, it's very difficult to have your company grow because you need great managers, you need people development, um, and you need to make sure that people are continuously growing. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We out. I love that approach where you're not just training the incoming employees, but you're also training 
people who may have been at that company for years and years and how to be better managers. We, Our company has been fully remote since 1997. And when COVID hit and we saw so many organizations struggling to adapt with, you know, not just do they have an appropriate place to work if they're if they're working from home but and and the computers and all of that but just how do you manage people and what we saw over and over and over again is it it generally was not a deficiency with the employee with the you know person who had been with the company for maybe 3 months or 6 months or a year or two but the deficiencies what we saw were that usually the managers were ill equipped to manage by outcomes. They managed by process. Does she show up on time? Does she leave early? Um, does it look like she's working hard? Uh, you know, sort of proxies for productivity instead of looking at what the actual productivity is. You know, if she did X, Y, and Z, did that help us reach our revenue goals or reduce our expenses or reduce our time to land that new account. You know, some kind of objective measurement where both the manager and the employee know every minute of every day what the priorities are, what work should be done first, second, third, and and other work that it's just busy work. It's there, it can be done, it's 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 related to your company, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really add value. And so it should be rare when you get to that. And I think a lot of employees, they, they, they just absolutely want to do what's best for the employer, but they just often don't know it. And, and so um, it's great that it's great that that Besser and I'm sure other organizations as well are, are focused on that aspect from the getting the managers to manage better. So switching gears a little bit. You know from a previous conversation that we had on on the Shift podcast that um, I had watched your your TEDx Dubai talk um, from a few years ago, and I was struck at your history, your your background, the hurdles you had to overcome in your teenage years, the the excellent choices you made regarding college, uh, impact that all of that made on your career and and other life decisions. But for employers who don't know how to handle non-traditional candidates, what advice would you give them? I think this is where they have to really invest in their recruiters, right? So great recruiters are going to recruit great people. And what do I mean by that is really selecting individuals who are very future-focused when it comes to recruitment, who understand the tools that are available, who understand assessments that are available that could help them see beyond the person's you know, uh, education only or experience only, right? And this is where you have to be really um, specific. So recruiters today need to be a big part of, you know, just business drivers in terms of what does the business need? What is the, you know, what does the future look like? Today, we see a lot of companies being reactive. And so they're not spending as much time actually identifying what talent they're going to need. And they're be, and so they're, they're being reactive versus proactive. So by, by having a very close relationship with hiring managers, understanding business needs, right, not just going down, ticking the boxes, understanding how you can utilize technology, uh, understanding kind of just, you know, beyond the basic psychology of a person, but how can you use data to get information you need about a person that goes, you know, uh, beyond. 
beyond, again, the ticking of the boxes, right? So I think investing in recruiters that, or, you know, just making sure that they understand what's out there. And even if you are using technology, it's not as simple as just, you know, hiring, you know, an AI to do things for you or a company that's, that does that. It's more of just understanding when you're sitting down with a, with a hiring manager, what are specific, um, what are specific competencies? What are specific skills you want this person to have so that you can translate it into the tech? Because the input that we get from the tech based on the things that we put in there. So an example, video assessments, right? In order for the match, for the AI to recognize the best match, you need to have a very specific um, set of competencies. You want uh, soft skills as well that you want this tech to pick up in order to match that individual, right? So usually the way it goes is you, you sit in front of a camera, the, the, the AI asks you several questions. Um, they are all over, they could be all over the place. And essentially it evaluates your body movement, your tone of voice, the answers that you give, um, uh, your eye contact, a lot of different things. Are you fidgeting? Are you not fidgeting? So it's, there's a lot of really great tools that help you identify the person beyond just ticking the boxes, but actually how are they presenting? How are they speaking, et cetera? Of course, on the flip side, it's not beneficial to candidates who don't feel comfortable doing this on camera. So again, I think there's two responsible parties, right? As an individual, you need to be prepared because that's the future. You're probably going to be talking to, uh, you know, some kind of tech or an avatar or something like this in order for you to get that next job. But also from, from a recruiter perspective, you need to set, have a really clear um, data input of what that AI should be looking for. And even that's not going to be, of course, 100%, but that's a great way to kind Kind of um, be proactive, essentially. Excuse me, essentially. Um, so that's one part of it. But I think connecting human touch with tech—that's where that's where it's really at. That is how you make sure you have great talent, and that starts with having great recruiters. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I, and I loved how you talked both uh, in terms of the recruiters working with their ma- with the hiring managers as as well as the tech. They're you know, if I can just kind of encapsulate it maybe is, is they shouldn't just be order takers. They need to be managing up with the managers and they need to be able to have influence over what tools they're using and, and how they're using it. The one thing that I've seen in the, in the college and university recruiting space forever is that the hiring managers are used to saying that this position requires a bachelor's degree and such and such a GPA and whatever. And the organizations that seem to be having the most success uh, with recruiting are those that are pushing back on that and and really questioning from the ground up. Does this role actually require a bachelor's degree? And if the recruiters can go to the hiring managers and say, hey, you know, if we were to drop that and maybe only require a two-year degree or add in or equivalent work experience, military service or whatever, that would increase our applicant pool, you know, 400% and other organizations that have done that have seen time to hire reduced from, you know, 127 days to 34, you know, or something along those lines. That's going to resonate with a hiring manager. Um, so um, another question for you. If, if you were hired tomorrow to lead talent acquisition by a large organization that hired at scale, what would be the first three things that you'd want to make sure they're doing? Well, number one, um, and anything related to talent, is making sure that the senior managers, the, the leadership of the organization 
is open to creativity, is open to experimentation, is open to uh, doing, you know, doing what needs to be done to try innovation, right? Like just innovative things. And I think a lot of senior, you know, a lot of leadership tends to take a very traditional approach. I've literally was recently talking to somebody who thinks that leadership is innate. It's a skill you either have or you don't have. So why should we train our managers unless, um, because it's just, it should be innate and everything's fine and they'll just learn as they go. Um, so I think just uh, leadership buy-in and investment um, of resources uh, in that in that is number one. Uh, part of that is, of course, being able to use the technology. So I think, again, it just goes back to resources because it's very difficult today to, to do things, to try to innovate without proper resources being allocated to talent acquisition. Um, also, again, like you said, having um, a great relationship with the hiring managers and the, and the hiring managers being open to the fact that they might not necessarily know what they're looking for. They, they might have an idea, but being willing to open to have a conversation and create something together, essentially, versus just giving out orders of what they need. And usually what they need are unicorns, purple unicorns. <laughs> so With glitter. With glitter and a number of other things, yes. So I think just uh, those two things are probably very important. Um, and having, I mean, a, a company culture that supports um, supports uh, creativity. I, I think that's probably one, of, like as a talent acquisition uh, professional, one of the things that matters to me is leadership, ability to innovate, experiment, um, uh, of course, cost effectively as much as possible. I'm not saying to go in and spend a bunch of money on trying different things, but there are a lot of cost effective ways to, to try things. And I think a lot of people are missing out on that because again, we're very reactive versus proactive. So having the right kind of team around you who understands that, uh, and willing to kind of suffer the short-term pain uh, for long-term gains is probably uh, one of the best things uh, we can have in an organization. Hell yeah. Um, well, Elena, this has been great. Uh, listeners that want to connect with you to get more information, uh, how, what would you, where, where should they reach you? Um, I'm, my, my main platform is LinkedIn. So it's just Elena Agaragimova. You can look me up, you can Google me, you will have all the information about me. And it's, I'm, I'm reachable at many different platforms, but LinkedIn is my main one. Awesome. And as somebody whose last name can be hard to spell, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll spell it uh, yours for the listeners. A-G-A-R-A-G-I-M-O-V, as in Victor, A. Uh, thanks for joining us today on the High Volume Hiring Podcast, a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts and College Recruiter. Please subscribe for free on your favorite app. Review it. Five stars are always nice and recommend it to a couple people you know who might want to learn more about how best to hire dozens or even hundreds of people. A special thanks to our producer and engineer, Ian Douglas. I'm your host, Stephen Rothberg, of job search site College Recruiter. Each year, we help more than 7 million candidates find great new jobs. Our customers are primarily Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies, and other employers who hire at scale and advertise their jobs with us. You can reach me at stephen at collegerecruiter.com. Cheers. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called 
can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.